Welcome inside episode 685 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains and we are still buzzing after a back-to-back win weekend for your Ottawa Senators. And we're going to look back at all the best moments from the weekend, but at what cost with Artem Zub suffering a broken jaw? All that plus every Monday we take a look around the world of Sens prospects and it's all brought to you by Farm to Fork. Visit Farm to Fork number two, farm2forkdelivery.ca today and taste the Farm to Fork difference. You'll never go back to grocery store meats. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Monday, December 5th. The show is free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. Where the best way you can help the show grow is to subscribe to the Locked On Senators channel, where we are inching ever so close to 5,000. Be a friend, tell a friend, leave a comment below as well. What was your favorite moment from a weekend with plenty to choose from? Pilsy, we missed you in the postcast on Saturday. I don't know how many DMs you got. I solicited anyone in the postcast to go let them know that you were giving refunds on the Brady Kachuk over three and a half shots. Did you let them know that it had been hitting consistently until you tweeted it out and let everyone know? <laughs> worst thing's worst is I tweeted out 10 minutes into the game. I said, I quote tweeted myself. I know. <laughs> Sick move. Brady Kachuk already has three shots on goal and he finished with three shots. I was already counting my shekels at that point, but unfortunately that doesn't happen. But let's not stick on the negativity because this was a weekend of positivity with two games where the last goal of the game was an emphatic goal Ross it's really hard to rank these moments I know you guys did it on the postcast but I missed it so I'll do my best here because the Giroux slap shot recency bias plays a big part of that and being at home the moment is just that much more electric um I think I'm gonna stick with the Brady goal though because Not only is that his second goal of the game, it's an OT winner on a breakaway in New York, Madison Square Garden, after he has arguably the best game of his career. I think I saw a stat that was saying not since 1986 has a player got two goals, an assist and a fight, and the goals being a tying and an overtime winner. So that doesn't happen very often. It was Brady Kachuk that does it. So I know the recency bias is here and that Drew uh, half clapper from the hash marks on a breakaway. It was absolutely amazing, but I'm going with the Brady Kachuk overtime winning goal is the best moment of the weekend. I wouldn't call that a half clapper. That was a full. I know that's what I saw people saying. Wow. What a half clapper. It's like, that is about the most legit clapper you can have. I called it a Daniel Alfredson clapper as he was in the building supporting his friend Eric Carlson. But that classic Alfie windup where the stick looks like it's going to brush the number 11 banner up in the rafters. Next thing you know, it comes down. Now, the reason why I think I give the edge to Giroux 
is the sequence that led up to it. The PK that Tyler Mott, Travis Hamannick, that they put on an absolute clinic. Hamannick without a stick until Alex Debrinkit gave him one that I think he would use as a mini stick playing with his kids. Yeah. And the play, and I think it was Luke Peristy that pointed out on Twitter as well, like the little subtle play that Tra- Tyler uh, Mott moved the broken stick into a lane and forced Timo Meyer to go around it. it was just such a subtle play that really helped out. But what else helped out is Travis Hamnick's partner, Jake Sanderson, pulling a puck right off the goal line. What, two nights after Ottawa was in the opposite position where we thought we scored that one yeah. angle? It was almost like shades of the 04 cup final where Calgary thought they won the cup. That one angle that looked like there was ice, but the overhead. And they actually have a camera under the crossbar. They don't show that to us. So I never really argue whether or not the half inch or quarter inch or an eighth of an inch is over the goal line or not. But man, that was just electric because everyone was already standing applauding the PK. And then for Giroud to get it, I said on the postcast again, you can go check that out. The postcast has been absolutely a vibe the last couple of games. Um, I'm not saying it's not a penalty on Tyler Mott, but it wasn't called the little trip at the blue line. But Giroux giving the shoulder check as he crossed the blue line. Oh, no one's coming. All right, better wind up. That was unreal. Compounded with the quote that he had told Pinto at second intermission. I'm going to score on a slap shot today. One way or another, just so happened nobody was between him and the goalie. Yeah, I mean, that is just absolutely insane. And there's a couple other little intricacies to that play too, Ross. Um, the one that I want to highlight here, once again, captain shit, Brady Kachuk. He hops onto the ice for that change, but he realized that he needs to get off the ice or else it's going to be a too many men penalty. He gets off that ice and onto that bench so quickly. Like that, that's such a heads up play because... If he hesitates about doing that, it's it's a too many men penalty. It's glaringly obvious, but he's smart. He goes right off to the bench, and that leads to the two on o. And for a two on o, for the guy not to even to consider to set up a give and go, like Giroux looks back and he's like, "Oh yeah, that, that's Tyler Mott. Um, you just hang back there. I'm I'm gonna have a clapper on a breakaway here instead of setting up a two on o. That's pretty hilarious too. But if you're Mott, you can't be too upset about that. So you're taking Brady Kachuk OT game winner yes. at number one yeah. and Claude Drew slap shot. Is that number two or is it the Brady Kachuk tying goal where Shabbat no. puts it on net? That's got to be right up there too because all hope was lost in my in my apartment when there was about a minute left in that game. Sens pulled the goalie. Sens can't score. <laughs> yeah. And then also it was like there was no offensive pressure on that shift late in the game at Madison Square Garden and it just looked like an easy clear. But Shabbat just just keeping it in. Like, what a heads-up play. We talk about an eighth of an inch into the goal line. That was how close that puck was to being offside. And he was able to keep that in. That's got to be right up there. So what do you put as the better moment of the weekend between the game tying goal and the Brady Kachuk fight at center ice? See, I got the fight ahead of the tying goal, Ross. I mean, obviously the tying goal is huge. And it's Brady's 100th career goal. Not a big deal. But to Madison Square Garden captain versus captain center ice 
And then after the fight, glaring at your own team's bench being like, let's go. Like, I'm not doing this for, for fun. I'm not going up against a big guy like Jacob Truba just, just for shits and gigs here. Like, this is a massive moment. I'm trying to get our team in here. I'm dragging you guys into this battle with me. That was the third best moment for me because that was just an epic fight. Two absolute big boys throwing haymakers right at center ice like, that's hockey, baby. That's just so good. <laughs> it was amazing. So the Senators, we should put a bow on the weekend as well by saying the Ottawa Senators come back to beat the New York Rangers in Madison Square Garden to get back in the win column. And that one loss on Wednesday to the Rangers really threw a wrench in what otherwise was a very successful stretch of five games. Are we crediting Brady Kachuk's fight against Ryan Strom standing up for Jake Sanderson? as a TSN turning point of the season? I don't, I don't know about season, because um, uh, they are still down very bad, let me remind you, not to be the party pooper on this uh, yeah. this positivity here. But that's it helps. I mean, that's a captain knowing when to step up and when to change things, and that's what Brady Kachuk does. 100%. So the Ottawa Senators come back to beat the New York Rangers on the road 3-2 in overtime and then come home to play the San Jose Sharks and win 5-2 emphatically despite giving up the first goal in that game and then falling behind again as Tomas Hurdle had two goals in the first period. It was 2-1 San Jose after the first and all Senators from there. Four unanswered goals. Claude Giroux had two. Tim Stutzler gets his 10th of the season and Thomas Shabbat has his fourth of the season. How about Thomas Shabbat quietly? I, 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 is it quiet? Maybe some people are arguing me on that one. But since returning from injury, and he even scored a goal in the game before injury, but I won't count that just for the proper split of saying since he returned from injury. Five games, six points, plus four, averaging 27-16, which you and I have been on record as saying we don't want to see him playing north of 25 minutes all that often. But, man, he he credit where it's due. We were hard on him early in the year. Yep. This guy's being paid like a number one defenseman. He's shown flashes of being that number one defenseman. He's among the elite of the elite since returning from injury among the entire National Hockey League. Yeah, he's certainly been much better. I mean, that's, that's clear right there. But how's this going to go with Artem Zoo about now three to four weeks with a broken jaw? Let's get into that. And... The goggle giveaway was a real surprise on Saturday. Could those go hand in hand as something that, well, maybe this confidence that 22's got could carry as Artem Zub will miss some time. But today's episode, Pilsy, it's brought to you by Farm to Fork Delivery. I heard you just got your Farm to Fork Delivery. I heard they grill up real nice. Tell us about your ribeye experience because I told you, you got to cook those things medium. How delicious were they? I know Simone absolutely loved it. Oh, yeah, definitely. That I mean, it's still barbecue season here. It's not snowing yet. It's uh, it's not too cold that you're worried about getting out there and uh, shoveling off your path to the barbecue. And to keep that going, you got to head to farmtoforkdelivery.ca, guys. This is the premium meat delivery service. If you're in Ottawa, Montreal, or GTA, just GTA, not GTA area, greater Toronto area, because they deliver premium meats right to your door. It's absolutely delicious. I can attest to that. It's all natural, antibiotic and hormone-free and ethically raised. And the nice thing is 
these meats are flash frozen right after they're on the butcher's table. So you know they're going to stay fresh. Unlike the grocery store, let's be honest, who knows how long those steaks have been sitting there on the shelf. No one knows, not me. So about here with farm to fork, you know they're flash frozen and they will be fresh when they arrive at your door. And look at the website on YouTube, guys. Those boneless, uh, skinless chicken thighs look amazing. They have wild caught Haddock fillets, the filet mignons, get a barbecue bundle. There's so many sales going on at Farm to Fork right now. And the best thing is a couple clicks away and they're going to deliver it to your door. Don't worry about getting out on the road. It's coming to you nice and easy. So go to farm2forkdelivery.ca and you can find all these delicious meats. And you know we're going to hook you up just because Zoob's out with a broken jaw doesn't mean this promo code isn't still going. It's Zoob15, Z-U-B-1-5, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Guys, you got to check it out. Taste the farm to fork difference. You will never go back to grocery store meats. Today's episode is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a company that we've been using for the last couple months, and we are noticing the difference just in terms of daily energy that I'm finding in my everyday life. What is Athletic Greens? With one delicious scoop of this stuff, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole, for, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Literally all the things that help your body, your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and even your aging process. I personally consume it every morning. Just throw it in my cup of water. It's delicious. And if you're not just going to believe me, how about over 7,000 five-star reviews online recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts. You have to check it out yourself at athleticgreens.com. And here's the beauty about athleticgreens.com. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially as we are into flu and cold season. There's just one scoop needed in your cup of water every day. Get it out of the way in the morning. It also tastes great too, so you're all good. No need for a million different pills, supplements, vitamins. I'm doing this, that, and the other thing. No, you're having athletic greens. It's that easy. Crush your athletic greens in the morning. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free, yes, F-R-E-E, free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network and take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance check them out at athleticgreens.com slash nhl network all right pilsy so we've talked about the two wins for the ottawa senators they score eight, yes, eight goals over the back-to-back, their first back-to-back of the season. And now they get a rest a little bit. As next up, they've got the LA Kings on Tuesday. Brendan Lemieux has been skating. Will he return? 
in Ottawa, I'm sure the fans will give him a rousing ovation if and when he does play Tuesday. We'll get into that more on tomorrow's Locked On Senators, but we must discuss, I was going to say silver lining. That's usually when something good happens among a bad situation. Copper lining? Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Aged copper. However... Artem Zub will be out. What DJ Smith expects to be about the next three to four weeks, yeah. basically past Christmas, he's going to be out with a broken jaw. First, stick taps to Artem Zub for yes, coming yes. back and finishing that game <laughs> against the Rangers. Hamannick left with the, the puck to the throat. He comes back. Artem Zub gets a, a broken jaw. He yeah. pulls the Connor Brown. Yeah. <laughs> where in Calgary, Connor Brown... That was the last time the Sens won a back-to-back. Remember, we were looking at that yesterday. True. Oh, my God. Wow. That's how long ago that was. But he comes back, plays well, plays hard. But he's out the next three to four weeks. Just what do you think that's going to mean here for the Senators' decor? That's already pretty thin as a whole. That is such a big loss, especially when you consider the fact that it's very un- unsure when JBD is going to be back. He's still suffering from a high ankle sprain. If JBD is closer to coming back and it's not such a finicky injury as a high ankle sprain, I think you're feeling a little bit better knowing he can slot into that position. But that's not available right now. And we saw this decor fall apart like a house of cards when Artem Zub was injured earlier on in the season. Let's just hope that doesn't happen again because this team is finally building some momentum. And if that's what causes this to all crumble, it, oh man, if we can't, we, we finally are getting some positive, uh, some positive impact here. We're feeling good, some big wins. And at what cost though? Because Artem Zub is a big part of this team, even if he hasn't exactly been playing up to kind of top pair defenseman caliber. Still, when he's gone, that right side looks very, very different. It certainly does. And when you look at how the Ottawa Senators have played with both Shabbat and Zub in the lineup, I want to say there's something like eight and four on the season. It's definitely a positive Maybe, record. Yeah. And then I believe they're two, 10 and one without him. I could be off by a number or two, but uh, overall, clearly this impacts everything because it pushes everyone back up. Now, it's not the worst of days when they were without both of them, but yeah. now you're looking at a situation where. Nikita Zaitsev comes up, and I thought he was a calming presence, which I don't think I've ever said. I thought he was calm. There was a couple plays where I'm looking at it, and he's holding on to the puck. He's, he's scanning for options. And in the past, he'd just throw it up the boards and just ices that. it. Yeah. <laughs> there was one in particular where he regrouped behind his own net, and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen this out of him, where he's actually like, like – Looking option A, okay, it's not there. Option B, it's not there. Instead of option C being just firing it as hard as he can up the wall and and seeing if someone stops it or if it's going to go for icing. No, he pivoted, came back, calmed everything down. Team gets a line change. He comes back. That was Nikita Zaitsev's best game as an Ottawa Senator. There's no question about it. Now, I still thought it was it was humor that he got the, the goggles. Cam Talbot, a veteran, knows exactly what he's doing. The goggles, player of the game. Claude Giroux was that dude on, on Saturday. There's no question in my mind. Two goals, an assist. He he was the man behind the comeback. He scored the goal. And now Matt Benning might might have been the worst pizza I've ever seen right up the middle on Giroux's first goal. But I think that the team, obviously, 
knows what Zaitsev's been through over the last little while. Like we've obviously gotten our shots in it. I think more so at the organization for continually putting him in a position that he's just not comfortable in top pair defenseman. He's back on that top pair. Now I almost see it as more so they don't want to break up the other two pairs, just plug them in. Well, where are you at with Zaitsev moving forward as what looks to be a top four defenseman again on this team over the next month? Obviously, I don't love it. It's not ideal. But, hey, I'm going to give some positivity towards uh, number 22 here because, look, I mentioned it. When he got sent down to Belleville and clears waivers, that's probably the lowest point of his career. Like, that is hard to deal with, especially when you have a Sens fan base, which we were a part of it, that were, were very, very critical of him and were making it known online. And that's hard for a person to go through. So... He's down in the dumps, and things don't exactly get better in Belleville for him, Ross. We we noted that he didn't he didn't shine in Belleville or anything like that. But sometimes you just need a little space. You need a change. You need something to have you you stop and look in the mirror and be like, okay, I need to improve. I need to work on things. Like you mentioned, I need to be a guy that's scanning for better options rather than just firing the puck up the ice. There's small things that I need to start working on to start getting better, and. He comes back up to the NHL. He plays, like you mentioned, arguably some of his best hockey, which low bar, but hey, we're looking for improvement here, and that's improvement. And the team recognizes this is a veteran guy. He's been a part of this decor for a long time. He's down in the dumps. Let's give him a little boost here, even though obviously Claude Giroux was the most dominant player in that game. You got to know when to give guys a boost on your team, and that's what the Ottawa Centers are doing. So, I love that move. Like, sure, I think if I was on the postcast with you guys, I would have been like, what is going on here? Zaitsev with the goggles, too. But it's a smart move. The players are in control of that. It's not three stars of the game. It's not media or fan uh, voted. It's the players. They decide how to shift confidence and momentum in that room and where to give stick taps. So I love it. And I think it is the right move to put Zaitsev up with Shabbat just because, sure, Hamnick hasn't exactly been stellar, but with Sanderson it's been working and Sanderson's been able to do what he's been able to do with Hamnick. So I'm not switching that up. And then I've been saying Brandy and Holden, they're playing very limited minutes, third pair minutes, but they've been good analytically and the eye test. I would say it's been pretty good. So you don't want to mix that up either because I'm not moving Holden up with Shabbat. That's for sure. I don't think he can handle that type of role. So it's not ideal, but I think this is a good place to start. And maybe we see a return of Lassie Thompson here. I think that's something that needs to be considered too because I thought he was all right when he came up. And uh, now that we know Artem Zub's going to be out three to four weeks and JBD is still probably at least a week or even two away from returning, why not give Lassie Thompson another kick at the can here? So there's options, which is nice at least. Yeah, options are nice, but you're also kind of looking how consistent can this be? We're hoping that the answer is very. But when you look at the game on Saturday night, and that was a game, right, Zub wasn't at all. The, the game on, on Friday was just so difficult to understand from a time on ice perspective for defensemen because Hamannick missed a stretch and Zub missed a stretch. Sure, they both came back, but it was, it was a little bit more difficult to see what's what in terms of how they're deploying their players. On Saturday, Nikita Zaitsev played 19 minutes and 34 seconds. Third most among Sens defensemen behind Shabbat, who played 23.57, and Jake Sanderson, 
who played 21-28. Okay, a lot of that for Sanderson was on the PK. Look at this guy playing five minutes on the PK. Absolute stud. Him and Hamannick, stick to Aston Travis Hamannick too because we talked about how Zaitsev's taking a lot of shrapnel. Hamannick's right there with them as well. Hamannick was a beast on Saturday night. He was one of my Sen Central standouts. Five and a half minutes, shorthanded. Yep. He was unbelievable. And like two minutes of that without a stick. Like, jeez. Yeah, we we got to touch on this while we're on uh, while we're on that play. So okay, I got Zaitsev with the goggles here. Elite, elite photo coming up here. But first, let me tell you that Travis Hamnick plays a minute and thirty five seconds on that shift without a stick, shorthanded. Okay, he is hunched over, drifting to the the bench. Right, the play is going the other way, so it's not going to be too many men on the ice. Zaitsev jumps on. Zaitsev gets the plus on that through <laughs> Clapper. His shift length, I checked, two seconds he was on the ice. Hey, wasn't off yet. That's a boost that uh, that he needs there. But can, can we talk about this? I'm still of the mind when, uh, let's get the Zaitsev uh, goggle pick up first, though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Sandy. Sandy's loving it, too. That's and awesome. Josh Norris right above Sandy. Oh, true. I didn't recognize him with the, the goggles and no scarf on Norris. Usually he's got the scarf going. Um, but yeah, that's an awesome picture. Well done, Nikita Zaitsev. Well, look, we call it like we see it. If if you're down bad, we can't avoid it. But get some confidence in you, Nikita Zaitsev. Loving that picture. Um, to go back to Hamnick now. If you're Hamnick and you're on the PK and your bench is in your blue line, do you not just spend... Four seconds going to get a stick. So we've talked about that before, and I would be of the mind, and Mott tried to hand him a stick once, and then the play went back up, so Mott kept it. I would say usually yes, but if I was the defenseman, and if the guy who's playing forward, Mott's case, not the same shot, Debrinket ends up giving it to him. How about Debrinket out there killing the penalty as well? Uh, that was because I thought that was weird too, but that's because him and Hurdle were on... Um... Coincidental penalties, and then he comes out. Yeah, it was from the four on three. Okay, thanks for clarifying that. But with the Brinkett, he's a right shot, so it makes sense. Even though it's a much shorter stick, <laughs> I would say give the forward to get the stick to the defenseman because you want him to protect the house. You yes. don't want to leave that position, and then have the forward sneak out to the to the bench in the Definitely. first and third period. Second but I'm period, talking about before the Brinkett comes on when it's that four on three. Sure, you're, you're making three those different. You're going down to two guys. But I, I would say, I would argue when you don't have a stick, it's a four on two and a half. So well, spend spend three seconds. Nah, that's that's pushing it. Spend four seconds getting a stick and hope you survive that four on two for those seconds. And then you got a four on three. I don't know. That's just me. If if your bench is outside of your blue line on the other side, of course it's not an option at all. But when mm -hmm. it's right there, and you can see the trainer, he's leaning over. Like, he's got the stick almost at the friggin' hash marks there, ready to be picked up. So, I think if if that's me, I'm going to get it. But obviously, it's easy to say, standing here from uh, my office chair, when you're in the thick of it, and there's seven shots being blasted in a minute cycle, and you're just trying to survive out there, that's different. But... I think I'm always of the mind, if your bench is in your zone, spend the couple seconds and be vulnerable so that you can get a stick and then you're you're back uh, to to a reasonable amount of defenders there. That's just my opinion, personally. It's uh, interesting 
debate, and we look forward to hearing all your comments as well. But the vibes are still high, despite – oh, hey, Ottawa got, got out of that unscathed. Uh, there was certainly some tension. Even better than unscathed. But uh, the sigh of relief when Drew Slapshot went in, that, that was awesome. That was, that was yeah. awesome to see uh, for the Ottawa Senators in Saturday's game against Eric Carlson and the San Jose Sharks. Carlson did get an assist in the game, but was largely unnoticeable after Brady Kachuk nailed him in the first shift of the game, going hard on the forecheck. So that was great to see. Set the tone, Captain. Uh, what a weekend for Brady Kachuk. If we were doing a, a quick three stars of the weekend for the Ottawa Senators, the two games combined, where would you go? I mean, Brady, Brady top, Zeru second. Let's give Zaitsev that third spot. Let's give it to Zaitsev. Come on. We got to give it to Zaitsev there. And uh, Ross, imagine being a dumb brickhead and trading Brady Kachuk in fantasy ahead of this weekend. What a dumb move that would have been, eh? Yeah, that would be pretty silly. Um, (laughs) You can can give it to Zaitsev. Look, I'm going to respect the play. But I'm going with Tim Stutzla as my third star. Yeah, that's fair. This This guy was unreal all weekend long, going up against some pretty solid centermen in Mika Zibanejad and Tomas Hurdle, and he was up to the challenge. I loved what I saw from Timmy this weekend as he continues to impress. So I'll give it to Timmy. You give it to Z. A little stick. One more stat on Zaitsev. That's got to feel good for him to not see those stats posted by certain podcasts about the Sens record with him in the lineup, not seeing that zero in the win column. So congrats to Zaitsev on uh, scratching out that zero and putting a two there. And they're 2 0 in their last <laughs> yes. two games with Nikita Zaitsev there you go. in the lineup. That Love is- it. Breaking moves that is being tweeted out at Sen Central. <laughs> I love it. You can also follow the show on Instagram, lockedon.senators. And I was going to say on TikTok, we post on there, but like uh, we have no idea. I follow one account, it's my dog. So make sure you're, <laughs> make sure you're going to follow, follow Alfie on there as well. Um, okay. So as we do every week, we take a look at the world of Sen's prospects. But first, Pilsy, another sponsor. Come on, man. Here we go. We just got a lot of friends of the show, and this is one of our oldest friends of the show. It's Bet Online. Guys, if you're on the Ottawa Senators train, I feel like, Ross, this was a great weekend to be live betting the Sens. We haven't said that in a while, but you can you can cash in nicely if you live bet at the right time, and that's where a plugged-in fan knows when to make their move. And if you're going to make any moves in the sports gambling world, you got to go to the trusted online sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's our friends over at Bet Online, And it's not just hockey, guys. I hit big on football. Go Bengals. They had a huge win up against the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, who? Who day, more like. The Bengals get the win. And you can also bet on basketball. The World Cup's still going on, even though Canada's out of it. And you can bet on golf, boxing, UFC. There's so much you can get in on the action. There's prop bets, over, unders, so many fun things. you got to head to betonline.net. Go to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Guys, it's betonline.net where the game starts. All right, Pilsy. I would like to make an amendment to my third star. How can I not give the love to Thomas Shabbat? I mentioned his stats. Like, 
This I thought played, about going there. Yeah. He played 85 minutes of NHL hockey since Wednesday. Yeah, that's a lot. Austin Watson gets a maintenance day of practice today. I would have given Shabbat one Wait, too. Can I do an honorable mention as well? Hashtag goalie friendly show. Oh. First, first back to back of the season. This is why you go out and get another veteran goalie because no matter who's in net, you feel like you have a good chance to win, especially on those back to back situations. So shout out the attendees. Anton Forsberg on Saturday stopped 35 of 37 shots. Including all those amazing saves in that sequence. Like that's that's what I liked about Giroud too. He right when he scored that goal, he points to Forsberg all the way on the other side of the ice. That's awesome. So awesome. Cam Talbot makes 25 of 27 against the New York Rangers. And both goals off broken plays where his own defenseman gets hit in either the throat or face area. And that changes the angles of everything going forward. All right. Since we're talking about defensemen a lot this show with the injuries and the unbelievable play as well, let's uh, go to an unbelievable streak coming to an end to start our prospect discussion. Jorian Donovan certainly made the most of his point streak, but all streaks must eventually come to an end. Yes, unfortunately, but this is one hell of a streak. And guys, I need to remind you, I know everyone already knows this, but Jorian Donovan is a defenseman. Yes. And he had a point streak of 10 games and not just a 10 game point streak where he's like, Tossing in a, a secondary assist here and barely scraping on. He had six goals and 10 assists during that 10-game point streak. Good for 16 points. Shout out, Jordan Donovan, to all the to all the loser energy people that love to dunk on the Sens drafting, being like, oh, wow, the Sens drafted uh, Sean Donovan's kid. What a smart move. What a waste of a pick. No, get that garbage out of here. The Sens said it. They don't care. His last name could have been Levitan. And they would have drafted that guy in that position. They don't care at all who his dad is or what that... Well, I mean, maybe they care a little. But that was not the deciding factor about that. Because the Sens do love uh, legacy players, guys whose who's dads played in the NHL. As we can, we can go down the list of uh, times they've done that. So, that's just a smart pick by Trent Mann. Dorian Donovan lighting it up. I don't think it's going to be good enough to get a spot on Team Canada as an 18-year-old, but we should mention later on today, on Monday, December 5th, Team Canada and Team USA will announce their preliminary rosters, which for the Team Sweden, Team Finland, those other European nations, their rosters are just going to be named, and that's who's going to the tournament. For Canada and the U.S., they have a selection camp, all those names, so not the players who are going to represent them in Halifax, later on at Christmas, but there's a good chance that we see some Senators prospects there, including Zach Ostapchuk from the WHL's Vancouver Giants. I say WHL because the head coach this year for Team Canada at the World Juniors is the head coach for Everett, who play Vancouver in the same division in the WHL. Zach Ostapchuk, how about a four-assist performance and the shootout game winner against the Kamloops Blazers on Saturday night? Can I get a captain shit reference right there? I mean, oh my God, that is incredible. And Zach Stapchuk, he, he's been having a hell of a season. Like you look at his uh, at his season so far, 21 games, 29 points. He's projected to get 30 goals, 56 assists in 62 games. So Zach Stapchuk, I am fairly certain we will see him in a Team Canada jersey come Christmas time. 
just one of those Swiss Army Knife players, right? He can play fourth line wing. He can play third line center. He can probably even fill in in your top six. I know Canada's loaded with talent, so he probably won't get that many opportunities there, but he can in a pinch. Meanwhile, with the United States, Tyler Clevin has aged out, so he will not be available for Team USA. Tyler Boucher, however, is. He has now served his suspension, and let's remind everyone that he's coming off a Gordie Howe hat trick in his last game, a goal, assist, a fight, three shots on goal. He's got 14 points in 15 OHL games this season, putting a ton of pucks on net, too. Just in his last three games, this guy's got 14 shots on goal. So I think that we could see him in an energy role. I just worry that uh, the Team USA, we already know they've got an affinity for the college players, and he's a guy who left college specifically and went to the CHL. But also, if you haven't been watching the actual plays that have caused the two suspensions, you could be like, oh, is he going to be a discipline issue? Is he going to be a guy who's going to really cost us rather than help us? You look at those, and that's, that's just OHL. But again, international hockey, they're even more stringent mm-hmm. about that. So I'm curious, but hopeful, that his stats will show for himself that this guy can help Team USA at the World Juniors. Yeah, I would say he has a bit of a farther uh, shot chance than a Stapchuk, just because a Stapchuk has that familiarity, and he already showed he could do that. Gold medalist. Yeah, that's uh, that's not bad at all. Um, but... I think it'd be silly to leave Boucher off this lineup because he he's a bottom six guy that can really play an effective game for uh, for teams in high moments here. And uh, yeah, ho- hopefully he doesn't get the short end of the stick on suspensions like he has been in the OHL recently. You and I are going to be cheering on Wednesday when Team Sweden's World Junior roster is announced, hoping that Oscar Pettersson will be on that list. His uh, Rogla team suffered a 6-2 loss to HV71 on Saturday. No points, but he did again set a new ice time high, playing nearly 13 minutes. So in this most recent call-up, he went from 8 minutes to 9 minutes to 10.30 to 11 to 13. That's in the right direction. Love to see it. And how about six consecutive games in the SHL? We know Rogla's dealing with a few injuries, but he's making himself a very solid contributor to that team. And, and that's a solid team in the SHL as well. So I asked Corey Pronman this morning, I said, what are the chances that we get to see Oscar Pedersen on team Sweden? And he says, you know, there's a fairly, he said, quote, he has a chance. He was a top six guy for them in November. I mean, anyone who listens to locked on Sanders already you know. knew that, but that was without Fabian Lee Sal and Isaac Rosen, who are both dominating in the AHL and will be on this team. So, that's where Pedersen, being the Patrick Hornquist prototype, you're hoping that's going to allow him a, an opportunity that even if there's not a top six role, that he can contribute in different ways that will help this team. And we know that that shot, that's quick strike offense that you can have in an instant. And in a short tournament like the World Juniors, I'm still confident we'll see Pedersen on that team. Big time. And I think if, uh, if Leo Carlson has anything to say about it, you'll see Oscar Pedersen on this team. Absolutely love that. So Oscar Pedersen, hoping that we see him at the World Juniors. We know that we'll see Tomas Amara at the World Juniors as Team Czech, yeah, maybe not as strong as the teams we've already mentioned. He's having kind of a strange season. We've seen flashes, but there's also been uh, a bit of, how do I say this, adjustment getting in to the OHL. The plus minus is chilly. Minus 15 in 21 games as a defenseman. This was a Kitchener Rangers team that going into the year had all types of expectations, yeah. and they've fallen short 
so far. Now, it, does it hurt that their goaltenders, all three of them, are under 900 save percentage? Their starters rocking an 887? Sure, that doesn't help. Their, their guy who's played five games is rocking an 849, Pilsy. I'm oh, sure boy. that, I mean, you're 10 years older than these guys, but if you played in the OHL today, you might have an 849 save percentage. No, no, I, I would not. I, uh, I'm a house league all star goalie that hasn't played in over a decade, so I'm not too confident there. And the OHL, OHL goaltending stats are weird, right? Like, there's so many goals being scored in this league that you got to take it with a grain of salt. But part of me is sad that Hamara's team is struggling, but as the Gulf Storm fan I am, it's nice to see the Rangers sick uh, all time. Sicko, a team that both of us cheer for, the Belleville Senators. Tough weekend for them. They're, I mean, you talked about it, and you can mention again, like you go to their website and it's just signed ATO, signed ATO, signed ATO. They are dealing with so many injuries that these amateur yeah. tryouts are now some of their most productive players right now are those amateur tryouts. Yeah, and I, I know it's the Mindsies and the AHL, but having three games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday games, like – that is tough to deal with for any team, especially a team that's dealing with the amount of injuries that the Belleville Senators have. And you mentioned new guys on the team, Ross. We must give a shout out. And I'm so sorry. I'm probably going to butcher his name. But Jared Lukosavicius. I think I might have got that. But I, I'm not 100% sure. We'll have to check with our good buddy David Foot Footy on the air uh, about the pronunciation on that one. But he has a hat trick. In the Friday game, a 6-4 win over the series crunch. So that's incredible. And uh, it's nice when you pick up guys like that and they immediately have an impact. 100%. Looking forward to following them a little bit closer over the next couple weeks as they're in Laval next weekend and then in Winnipeg the following. Yes, I will be on the call with David Foote. Looking forward to that. The only problem, Pilsy, is that both games coincide with Senators games. I know. And they're both afternoon games, aren't they? Like, yeah, come on. I'll get to catch. I won't be able to do the postcast because the games start at 3 p.m. in uh, Eastern time. And the Sens play at 1.30. So it's literally, like, I'll be able to watch at least probably in the press box during warm-ups. But that's brutal timing. Like, come on, give me a 7 p.m. start. For real. Yeah, damn. Brutal, too. I'm working the 4 a.m. shift, so I'm working 4 to noon, walking over to the rink, and then broadcasting it, too. So it'll be uh, it'll be a couple of coffees this weekend. But because yeah. I've got my AG1, my energy is never in doubt. And we appreciate all of our sponsors from Shawarma Palace to Farm to Fork Delivery. And check out the postcast presented by the Glebe Central Pub. We'll have some ad reads for you later this week for them on Locked On Centers. Pilsy, any final thoughts or any other prospects you want to touch on before we wrap up for the weekend or for the day, rather? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we got uh, a long time say, till the weekend. I meant to say wrap up the prospects weekend. That's fair. That's fair. Um, no, just it's it's nice. We're going to get to see the LA Kings so close after the Ottawa Senators uh, had uh, some success up against them. So that's not bad. You love to see that. And the Kings are in a little bit of turmoil here with putting Cal Peterson on waivers after they signed him to a big ticket that raised a lot of eyebrows. And it's not like Jonathan Quick's holding the fourth down either. He's been struggling as he's kind of on the back end of his career here. And that defense is brutal. So, I mean, something the Ottawa Senators can relate to. So this is going to be a very interesting game up against the Kings here. And at least it is not a 10 or 10.30 p.m. start. So that for that, I am thankful. No 10 p.m. starts until March 5th in oh. Seattle. Wait, Pilsy, 
March 5th. <laughs> we're going to be in Cabo March 5th. So yeah, we're so we'll be on the right time zone there. We'll be on the right time zone. That's how you beat the Pacific time starts. Just yes. go there. Yep. <laughs> Smart. That's awesome. Let's end off today's show with a little reality check, though. The Ottawa Senators are still a ways away from getting back into the season. They currently Only eight sit- points out of a wild card spot, Ross. Yeah, only three points out of last place. So certainly <laughs> uh, the hill is still steep, but the Senators have won two in a row and are 5-5-0 five, five and oh in their last 10 games. Of course, four and one in their last five. So the vibes are going in the right direction. The victories are starting to match the production in terms of your expected goals, your Corsi. This team has been putting up better play than the results show. Could the tide be turning? We'll get into that more tomorrow and beyond as it's going to be a game day for the Ottawa Senators against a team they've already beaten once this season. But for today, we say goodbye for Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan, and this has been the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day.